Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. It's a good day. My wife returns home today from Ohio. Uh, I'm so excited to see Olivia again. But it's good to see you this morning. I know it's a Saturday. We don't normally do devotions on Saturdays, but uh, I don't want to get behind. So it is Lord willing that we'll make it from Genesis to Leviticus, but some of that depends on my responsibility, (laughs) making sure that we get this done. And so just got to keep you on your toes. So we're going to get into God's word this morning. We'll have some coffee. We'll pray. We'll grow in our love for the Lord together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day that you've given us. Another day that proclaims your excellencies. Your mercy is new every morning. Your compassions do not fail. And so, Father, as we pray, as we read your word, we pray that you would let us understand it, that you would teach us what we need to know, and that you would conform our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are at Genesis chapter 18, beginning at verse 16. Let me grab my old glasses there. Glasses, Nathan was pointing out to me yesterday, I didn't have my glasses on. I had forgot them, and I, I was trying to figure out why my reading was so difficult. But anyways, we're at Exodus, or Genesis chapter 18, beginning at verse 16, and we'll actually go into chapter 19 to verse 11. These two stories are connected together, and it's quite a sobering story for us. So let's go ahead and turn to God's Word now. Then the men arose and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on their way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing, since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I have known him in order that my command, that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what was spoken to him. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the Lord turned away from there and went toward Sodom, but Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were fifty righteous in the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for fifty righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So Jehovah said, If I sin, or if I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And then Abraham answered and said, Indeed, now I know I am. I who am but dust and have ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less than than fifty righteous. Would you destroy all the city for the lack of five? He said, If I find there forty-five, I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet again and said, Suppose there should be forty found there. So he said, I will not do it for the sake of forty. Then he said, Let not my Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose thirty should be found there. 
So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, Indeed, now I know how I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, Let the Lord not be angry, and I will speak but once more. Suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. So the Lord went went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Here now, My lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter, surrounded the house, and they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out to them and brought went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brethren, do not speak so wickedly. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, you and and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. Then they said, This one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Well, we'll end the portion of the reading there. Uh, there's more in that story that's going to come, and we'll pick that up on Monday, but we need to ask ourselves, A, what's this about? B, what's the best verse to summarize this? And C, what are we called to do? Right? What, how does this show us Christ, and how do we live our lives in response to this? So, A, what's this about? Well, in this first part, what Nathan and I were talking about yesterday, in the first part of chapter 18, is the Lord shows up with two of his angels, and they host this feast for, or Abraham hosts this feast for them, and he makes this promise that there's nothing too hard for him, and he is going to give Sarah, this 90-year-old woman, a child. And now he's leaving. The feast is over. He's ready to depart with his two angels. And as the Lord is departing, he says, Are we going to keep this from Abraham? Are we going to hide from him what we're about to do? And he reveals to him that he's going to destroy Sodom because of the great sin that has come up. He's going to go see, he's going to go inquire himself whether or not Sodom really is as wicked as is being reported. And so Abraham knows that his nephew Lot is there. 
he knows that he had told Lot, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And he knew that Lot chose to live in the Jordan Valley where there was fertile ground for his for his uh, sheep and his herds and his people. And so he goes and he lives in Sodom. And so Abraham begins to almost barter with God. He brings up God's righteousness, that he is the judge of all the earth. And that there cannot be any spot or stain or wrinkle in God's judgment. And so if there are 50 people who are righteous in Sodom, is he really going to destroy all of Sodom? And God says, no, I won't destroy all of Sodom if there's 50. And he says, well, I don't want to get you mad, but what if there were 45? Says The Lord says, nope, I won't. What about 40, 30, 20, 10? keeps going down the list, and each time he keeps realizing that the Lord is just, the Lord is not going to destroy the city if he will find but a handful of those who are righteous. And so he goes and he says, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. That's verse 32. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. And so this first part of, or the second part of verse 18, first part of our story today, is Abraham pleading with God for justice and righteousness. He knows that God is the judge of all the earth. And then in in chapter 19, verses 1 through 11, we find that the two angels come to Sodom in the evening, and there they find Abraham's nephew Lot. He's sitting in the gates. In this time and age, showing hospitality, especially to important visitors, was an extremely high cultural value and so he sees these men coming and it's interesting now there's two not three men it seems these are just the angels now and not or the messengers now not the lord himself and um, they show up and lot says hey stay in my house and they they say no we're going to stay in the open square right they had come to make a visitation to inquire about whether this was true they were investigating the claims of the sin that was in sodom and lot seems to prevail in this and gets them to stay at his house. But as the night falls upon them, the city seems to turn. The darkness of their hearts starts to show. And it says, Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And we just need to make sure that we don't sugarcoat this when it says they wanted to know them carnally. This is the same way in which Adam knew his wife, Eve. This is the way in which everyone in the ancient world would have understood that they were wanting to do a great sin of homosexual gang rape. This is this is horrible. I, it, it makes me, it's hard for me to even say these things, right? Because it seems like you, should, you shouldn't even talk about this because it's, it's indecent and it's wrong. And that's the exact point. And then Lot does something that is even more, right? He takes his, he, he goes out to the crowd, he tries to defend these men, and that's fine. But then he offers up his own two daughters to the men of the city that they might sleep with them instead. Now, they don't do it. But even the fact that that's in Lot's heart, this everything about the story is just wrong. And then the angel reaches out and he Saves Lot. They they reach out, they pull them in, they strike them with blindness so they can't actually find the door. It's divine intervention here. 
So we find this despicable story. But what is, what's this about, really? The first part is Abraham interceding for God's justice and righteousness. And the second story is seeing that even in the town of Sodom, there is great sin. It's no different than what's happened in Genesis 3, in Genesis 4, in Genesis 6. We see that no one is righteous. No, not one. Abraham had interceded and pleaded with God. 50, 45, 30, 20, 10. Lord says not one. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have the same heart. Abraham's not righteous by his own account. Neither is Lot. Neither are the men of Sodom. Neither is my heart. <laughs> we, this is calling us to recognize that we are sinful. Yes, we have seen God being gracious and gracious and gracious and gracious and gracious, and yet he is merciful to whom he will have mercy and gracious to whom he will have grace. But he is not unjust. Someday he will bring judgment. And if we are not found within the sphere of his grace, if we are not forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, this is the condemnation every one of us deserves. We're going to find out next time when Sodom and Gomorrah are destroyed that God is a just God. This does happen. We ought not to presume upon his grace. This is, uh, you can tell me in, in, the, in the comments if you'd like what you think is the best verse, but I, I just want to dwell on the calling part here. God is gracious. Lot has been blessed because of his relationship to Abraham. But he's living in the city of, of Sodom. He sits in the gates. He's acting like a judge. He's, eh. Where are you in your life? Are you dwelling in the city of Sodom? Even though you profess Jesus Christ? Where are you in your life? Do you recognize the mercy and grace that God is pouring out upon you? And will you flee from immorality? (laughs) Will we be people who recognize that there's none righteous, no, not one, and each one of us needs to cry out to the Lord that he would not remember us according to our transgressions that we deserve, but that he might remember the blood of Jesus Christ. (laughs) We ought to be the people, Christians ought to be those, not prideful that the day of judgment will come, but we ought to be people who are sober, knowing that the wrath of God is coming. And the only reason why we don't get that wrath is because for some miraculous, merciful reason, he gave us his son. Rejoice in him. Bask in his glory.
Know that his mercy is not earned, his grace is not deserved, but is freely given for each one of us would be children, citizens of Sodom. But he's given us new hearts and he's transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness and into his marvelous light. Be thankful for his mercy and walk in his ways. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would give us thankful hearts. Make us know you and love you. Make us walk in your ways. And Father, please, please, Lord, let us turn from the sins of our hearts. Let us walk in you in the light that you have called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, may you bask in the grace and glory of Jesus Christ. May you be filled with thankfulness for all he has done for you. And I'll see you on Monday. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from God's Word for You, a ministry of Sharon R.P. Church in rural southeast Iowa. We pray that the message would be used by God to transform your faith in your life this week. If you'd like to get more information about us, feel free to go to the website, SharonRPC.org. We'd love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship time is 10 a.m. every Sunday at 25204 160th Avenue, Morning Sun, Iowa, 52640. May God richly bless you this week.